Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Michigan Avenue Media and the World of Ink Network. This podcast was founded in 2011 by Marsha Casper Cook and Virginia Grenier. Their focus has always been on helping writers reach their dreams by having informative and entertaining shows. You will also hear the latest information on what's new and exciting in the publishing and marketing industry. And the shows will also cover discussions on screenwriting, audiobooks and movies. New to the shows will be the latest style and trends in fashion, as well as nutrition and how Pinterest can add just the right spark of attention you may need for your projects. So, sit back and relax and enjoy the show. You can find out more information about our shows and being a guest at www.michiganavenuemedia.com. Hi, everybody. It's December. I can't believe, I cannot believe it's December already, but it is. We're almost at the end of the year. Uh, got a great show today. Uh, Vincent Dandry's on, and Fran Lewis is joining us. Is uh, She's done lately, right, Fran? It's been a few yeah, shows. We've had yes. Well, we've done, well, over the last 12 years, we've done several shows together. I think. And uh, it's going to be a fun show today, but uh, I just have a few little, uh, let's see, things to say. Now, I have one more show this month, um, unless I decide to change my mind, which, as we know, that happens quite frequently. And uh, next Tuesday, this is Monday, it's a Monday show, and I keep thinking it's Tuesday because shows are on Tuesday, but um, it doesn't matter anyway because I have no idea. Some days I wake up and I go, what day is it? I'm not sure what <laughs> day it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? <laughs> but uh, it's Monday. And so I have uh, Janice Jarellon and Joe Costantino, and it'll be a really fun show. And uh, today's going to be a great show. Uh, Fran has had Vincent on many times before on her show, and uh, it's the first time I'm so happy he's on, and he's going to tell you a little bit about himself, and Fran will tell you a little bit, and then we'll go on and talk about whatever it is we want to talk about, (laughs) free for all. But one thing is I have to just say, please wear masks. I see people on Facebook all the time begging people, and so please just wear a mask. It's a simple thing to do, and hopefully... When the vaccine comes out, and hopefully by next year we won't be talking about this as much, and people will be well, getting well, and so I'm hopeful for that. And uh, so now we will begin our show. Hi, Vincent. Welcome to the show. So happy Hi, to Marcia. have you. Hi, friend. Thanks for having Fran. me. Fran, hello. I hope she stay. I'm Fran, here. Is you here? Okay, you're there. Okay. Thank you for you having me. Tell everybody. Oh, you're welcome. You have a, a lot of books. So talk. Tell everybody who you are and just a little bit about yourself, you know, things that you've been doing, and then we'll get into a conversation. Um, well, uh, I'm Vincent Zandri. <laughs> we got that one down. <laughs> um, let's see. Fran, what have I done? I'm, I, I'm a New York Times, uh, USA Today <laughs> best-selling thriller award, Seamus Award winning author. Um, I know it sounds obnoxious, all this stuff. Let's just say... I well, think not I real. Have, no, not really. It's not a mattress because it's a good thing. <laughs> it's like over 40 I know, novels. I mean, right? you have a lot of right. things going on, which is great. Yeah. Um, I have currently, I think, like 40, 45 books and novellas in print. Uh, I don't know how many tens of thousands of volumes out there or whatever, but I think I've sold, I'm, I'm getting close to a million books sold or whatever. Wow. Some, wow. some people sell a lot less. Some people sell a lot more, but like I'm sort of in between I guess but um but uh, my newest book it is my newest book is um the girl who wasn't there um mm. and that's currently out in hardcover and ebook and audiobook and uh doing quite well and um and I had the same publisher will be bringing out Paradox Lake in May um which is another standalone thriller and I also have um down and Out Books is reissuing all the Dick Moonlight books, re-edited and recovered and all that sort of stuff. They're going to do one a month starting in January. Um, and that's on top of other books that are coming out. So it's going to that's be a busy 2021. So you've got new covers and you're just coming out with, you know, they're just reprinting it? They're doing, yeah, doing? they're re- yeah, redoing everything, good. yep. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited about that. I think that's that a good one. idea. I think people don't want to do that sometimes, but I think that is a good idea. You know, I think I people, you know, it just gives it a new freshness. And okay, Fran, tell everybody who you are. 
I'm trying to figure that out for the last hundred years. What can I tell you? Who are you, friend? Uh, I think I'm the host of MJ Network. I am a reading and writing staff developer. I work with kids with learning disabilities. Um, My niece is an essay partner since she's going back to respiratory therapy school. I'm going back to nursing school with her. I'm very proud of I like that essay essay partner. That's a good thing. Essay partner. Essay partner, yes. And if we don't ace this class, I'm going to fire the teacher, to be very honest. And uh, I'm serious. And um, the author of the Faces Behind the Stone series. And, Vincent, someday maybe you'll teach me how to get scarier. And my last <laughs> book is called What If. What if you right. lived in one of the eight worlds that I created? It's such a great title. It is, I mean, I, you know what, Fran, since you have that title, and I notice that people are always saying what if. It's like people are saying that right. a lot of times. You, you know, know, what, what if, if you lived in you my know. world? Would you stop acting like a fool in this one? And the next one I haven't decided. I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be called... Uh, my voice before I go, and it's going to be a faces behind the stone, and it's going to be about dead people. But I got to really make nice. it scary, Vincent. I got to make it really. Yeah, scary. Well, we have to talk about that. You can you could ask that question of Vincent in a little while because you know you for, to be scary. You know, I have a few questions here that I really, you know, I'm listening to the audible. Um, and I love right. Audible, and I keep telling everybody to, you know, listen to Audibles. I think that people don't give it. You know, Fran Lewis is one of them. I can't get her to uh, listen to no, an audible. No, but I think, you know, you read really fast, friend. And I think for a lot of people, you know, the audible, I, you know, your, people aren't in their car as much, so you could just listen to it on a phone, wherever you are, you know. And I just think it's a good And I right. also think it's a really good tool for other authors because I think when you're listening to it, you kind of think of different things rather than just reading it. You know, you think of, you know, the right. style, and that's one of the things that I like is, okay, you have short chapters, some of them, and some of them are yeah. long. So how, right. what makes you, I mean, I think that a lot of people are afraid to have short chapters. So you, I, why are you, I, I think it's a good idea sometimes. So tell everybody right. a little bit about that, because I think the authors out there don't think that they, you know, you have your own style, and obviously you're doing very well. So when they worry about it, they don't have the exact number of pages in the same, you know, book for chapters. How do you, how did you decide just to do short ones? Right. Um, well, first, first off, um, regarding the audiobooks, like this yeah. year, since the COVID thing started, I've sold thousands upon thousands of audiobooks. It's been yeah, unbelievable. Okay. That's good. Oh, that's and, good. Uh, good. It, and I, I like it because I get a better profit margin on it. You know, like, yeah, no, but, it's true. Uh, it is a better. I talked about that a few weeks ago. It is. It's not the same as the book. Right. No, it's not. Exactly. But as far as um, my style, the short chapters, yeah. um, and it's purely because that's the kind of book I like to read. Um, I like. I, I. I really love that effect of like short, concise vignettes. And I could I could yeah. tell you where it, where it originally comes from. Actually, it comes okay. from probably one of the very first books I ever read, which was uh, Hemingway's In Our Time, and his, his first book of short stories that came out like mm-hmm. in the mid twenties, nineteen twenties, and there, it includes these little vignettes that are just really powerful, and uh, even the short stories are, are are fairly short, you know, and and, yeah. and concise. Yeah. And then later on later on I read Ray Carver. And he was also, you know, really short, concise, terse chapters. And then I went to, um, in 91, I went to Breadloaf and studied there with uh, Tim O'Brien. And uh, and that was at the time when um, The Things They Carried came out. And that book had a profound effect on me. Again, really short, tight chapters. Uh, also, like Amy Hempel. Yeah, I do. Yeah, also, Amy Hempel was there, and she she writes the same way. And um, yeah, I like that know, because uh, I think you know, I think that you know, Fran and I were talking about, and she's naturally read every all of your books. And so, I mean, right. I do like novellas. I like shorter books. I you know, I sometimes I'll sneak and go like, well, how many chapters does this book have, and how many you know, it's like right. you know, because a lot of right. times you know. Because I, if I see a 500 page or 400, I, I'm hesitant. I just go, I don't think I can do this. And even on audio, I like it when it's, you know, not right. like 20 hours. You know, it's like I don't want right. to listen to anything for 20 hours. You know, and right. so I right. think that I think people are afraid to do that. You have to sometimes, in your own mind, say, okay, th- in this chapter, it's short. 
because you don't you know you don't have right. to elaborate, and that's when people get bored, and they're not getting bored right. reading exactly. your books because you keep going right. on. You, you don't right. stop and w- make up a whole bunch of stuff that nobody cares about. Right, and, and I don't uh, know why uh, authors uh, do uh, that. I'll give you for instance. I'm working on um, I'm I'm working on the editing my own first draft of uh, my brand new book that I'm that that'll probably be out in 2023. And I'm and I, I'm going through a chapter that I'm like this is too long. Yeah. I'm like this is too long. And so if a chapter is going to be too long, I'll always make sure that there's breaks in there. You yeah. know, like okay. there's got to be yeah. a place for a crucial break, even if it's a pee yeah. break. You know, right. you know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's just got to be <laughs> right. something or else, um, you know, like, I can't stand it when a book just goes on and on and on and on and on and on. I know. You know, and obviously, Fran, you know, you write a shorter one, too. You know, I mean, I really think that sometimes you don't need to keep saying the same thing over and over again. You know, and because the writer doesn't, you know, it, to me it's boring. I just think I like it when it goes just straight through and you're just reading it and, you know, something happens at the end where you go, oh, you know, of the chapter. And you go, oh, this is good. And then it moves on, you know. And right. but I think that people, you know, they just, you have a style. I think people need to develop their own style and not be worrying about what everybody else does. Because sometimes, exactly. just because there's a lot of books out there that are really boring, you know, and right. a lot of the audio books too, you know, I do like yep. it to be short and sweet and just, you know, naturally because I wrote screenplays, I don't like it to be so detailed that I'm not interested anymore, you know. And exactly. uh, Fran, Fran, how do you feel about Because yeah. you read so many books. I read too many books. <laughs> yeah, uh, Fran, sometimes... <laughs> I, I I read in the last month to a lot of books because I don't go anywhere because of this lovely fun that we're having outside. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I read a book that was 800 pages. Okay. It was wow. a medical book. <laughs> it was a medical book, and I'm going like, oh, me. And I I wrote yeah. a, I wrote a review, and I said to the publisher, I have no idea if he liked it, but the author thought I was a genius, and I said uh. okay. I, I've been reading um, the ones anything over 350 pages. I need to take a nap because 350 right. pages I can read in an hour and a half. And sometimes I know you know Vincent. Sometimes the main character is really stupid, or they get on your nerves. Well, I don't really care if they kill the, if they kill the main character. The book is too it, the book is too long. I mean, then when I get the books that have uh, characters in the front, not 50 of them, 60 of them. And I read it, and I'm going like, okay, let me see. Do I remember? What did you do? What did you do? What did you do? It gets to be boring. Yeah. yeah. And right. some of them are, I, I think some of them is, are famous people. I think it really is. Not. Right. And see, that's the thing people don't realize. Sometimes people are saying, oh, I'd like to copy this style. Don't copy someone else's style. It doesn't mean they're good. It just means they're out right. there, you know. And, right. I, you right. know. You consider yourself, which I think is a good. I've been adding this now to my the words I use on the show. Story, storytelling, because that is what writers right. are really—they're storytellers. Right. And right. when the you have a good story, capture their attention. Right. Yes. You know, and so when you write a story, you just want it to be the best you can be, and not to add stuff that people go, oh, you know, I don't know if I could finish this, you know. And you, your books seem right. are going right, right along, and they're not that long. And right. you know, you've had series. I, I, I was telling Fran, and I asked her about this. You're in a place called Book Series in Order. I don't. I never saw that site before. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's what even. Uh, I mean, what is that? I, I, I don't know. Like, never seen. There's it. even like I, I know. There's there's even been like an author or two who have written books about my books and, mm-hmm. um, you know, really? and, and whatever wow. a little biography. Yeah, like I, I don't, you know, and they sell them. I don't know, but um, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, just this stuff pops up, um, you know, um. Because when you write in a series, you know, like I, people like series, and so I think that's a good thing, right. though, you know. But when it, yeah, when I, I, I just click something, yes, you do. Right. You know, so, all right, how do you feel when you when you start a book? I I know we talk about I've talked about this before a lot. When you start a book, do you are you sure it's going to be a series, or you just decide while you're doing it that this needs more? You know, I'm going to have more people, or do you already have it outlined? I mean, more no, books. I, I mean, are you going to outline they're, they're, it? There are books that I that I write that like I'm you know like 
it depends because it'll be like, okay, I'm thinking of a character that I want to like write a series about. Like I knew when I started the Steve Jobs books, um, I knew he was going to be this quirky insurance agent or not insurance, uh, unemployment insurance investigator. Mm. And, you know, but get hired by the cops to do weird, you know, to take cases that other guys won't and stuff. So I, but I didn't, I didn't want him to be a Superman. I like just pictured, you know, just this kind of near to well who lives on a houseboat, loves to fly fish and, and whatever. Right. So that, 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 that I knew was going to be a, a series. Um, the Marconi books I knew was going to be a series from the get go. That was my first one. Right. Um, the sa- and the, the same goes for uh, um, um, the Moonlight books as well. But like you know, like for, but like then there are books like the, I'm finishing this book now called American Crimes, and hopefully mm. getting it in, into my agent by uh, by Christmas so he can read it. Um, but like as I finished it, I was like, you know, this could be like three or four three or four books in this. You know, this could be mm-hmm. like um, like a series more along the lines of like Mario Puzo's, you know, Godfather type thing, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, and then I'll have books like um, The Remains and the Ashes, which is intended to be, I'm, uh, there's, it's supposed to be the Rebecca Underhill trilogy, and I have yet to write the third one yet, but I'm gonna. Um, and then I have uh, other books like uh, Primary Termination, which you, you really like, friend. Mm. And I have not, and, and I have absolutely no clue what I'm going to write for the next couple. <laughs> so, right, so, you right. Know, okay, it's, so that, no, it, right, that's a good, right, you know, because, yeah, I actually, I, I called Fran up today myself, and I go, Fran, you know, I was asking her about a series because I keep saying I want to do a series, and I was going to do a series, and then I go, oh, I'm not going to do a series. So on this particular, where I got in my book, I went, oh, you know what, I think I can do this in a series. So I was asking Fran about that today because, uh, Fran, when, so when someone decides at the last end of a book, you know, whether they're, they're almost at the end and they go, oh, there's more. Tell me what, tell people what you told me today would be a good way to try to make that cutoff. Well, I, I actually, I read so many books like that and some of them, well, that's why um, I asked you, like right? the one I just read. Yeah. Uh, Vent, the Venturi effect and stuff. At the end of the book, it just says, um, we're going to continue with, and then they tell the next title of the next book. Well, we're going to bring book. Sometimes they actually put in, which I think is a really interesting idea, uh, the first chapter of the next book so that people right. get to have an idea, right? That's people get an idea, idea of, what, of what they're going to yeah. read. And they give the yeah. title, and they give you just a little smidgen of what you're going to read. And then, of course, afterwards in the book, they don't put, but they do email me, like, do you want the next one and when do you want it? I go, maybe never yeah. or maybe tomorrow. Well, no, I think that's a good idea because this way at least yeah. you know that you're going, you make that decision already and you start yeah. writing it right away. You know, and so was the ending, are the endings usually satisfying enough for you to say, like, okay, this is good and so I want to know more about the other characters. So. That works. For sometimes, you. sometimes not. Sometimes I just say, did I really read that? And I hope <laughs> they don't bring the character back because the character is really not anybody I care about. It's really sad because there's a very famous author that wrote, and I got the second book that she wrote, and I did a review, and I'm saying, I hope they don't send me the third one because I really no. dislike the main <laughs> yeah, character. Well, but I yeah. would never, you know, Vincent knows I don't write negative reviews. I know. But That's right. A new, There's a New York Times author that wrote a book. It's been on Facebook. They did send it to me. It's probably very good, and someday maybe I'll read it. But then I picked up your book today, and I said, this is so much better. And then I read Belkin's new one, too. That's yeah. even better. Oh, the two of you together, right. forget it, keep me busy. Because you know right. it's not going to be boring. You know, I mean, because, you know, and no. I do think that a lot of people, you know, if – if they have to just like beg themselves to go like, okay, fine, I can finish it. This is not what you want. You do not want anybody reading your book right. going, oh, fine, I got to finish this book. You know, it, it's it's not good. You know, I mean, you want them to, you know, really start caring about the people. All right. Even if someone like in the character that you did, you know, um, you know, when you've done characters, when you even there when they were in jail, you've made it. You know, I was thinking of your um, story. Um, I was watching. I don't know if anybody saw last night Your Honor with Brian Cranston. Did you? It was um, no, it's a I new series. 
It's a new series on, I think you'll like it, you know, on Showtime. And it was really good because they did it, and all of a sudden at the end you go like, oh, this is going to be good. You know, and in the whole way through, it wasn't boring. You know, because right. even in some of these things, when they're doing them on TV now, it's like you go, okay, fine, now I can, you know, I could go get something to drink, I could get something to eat, I could walk around, I could do everything, right. you know, and in, in some you just keep watching, you know, and right. you just find it compelling, you know, which is that's funny. why that's funny you, you get how you write. Right. Uh, that's funny you say that. Like, speaking of Brian Cranston, like, uh, I, I can't tell you the people that have told me, and I, I was one of them, like, when Breaking Bad came out. Like, a lot of people, like, were like, I, I couldn't get through the first episode, and you know, the second yep. episode was all right. And, and it was one of those things where I was like, it, it took me, like, two years to actually finally commit to it. But once you committed to that, <laughs> right, that thing, yeah. man, you were just, you know, like you skipped yeah. the kids' birthdays and you just, just to watch it, you know, like you just, <laughs> right. it was so good. No, right, it, and that's, you know, that's really what you want, you know, and you also, you know, I mean, I think, have, have you ever had any movies made from your books? Because, you know, they're fast-paced. It should be, right. you know, a good sell. We're hoping. We're, yeah. getting, well, we're, get, we're getting a lot of phone calls. Um, so, you know. And because fact, I think, you know, a- right. You, you know, I mean, I think that the, some of, you know, when you're reading the, the girl who wasn't there, I could sit well, because I am a screenwriter, and I was an agent for years and read tons of screenplays. But this is oh, definitely... Okay. Yeah. It's definitely a, for a movie. I mean, you could see every, you right. could see the whole thing. You know, you're, that's why I like right. your writing because you could, as I, that's right. how I see things. You know, it's I'm listening, but I right. see it, and I think it right. would be because I have seen things on TV that are far. I mean, you this you should be, you know, this should be one because right. this is a well, very how how you know it's with when you care about your children so much that you're willing to do right. anything. Right. You know, well, we've gotten is, so far. We've gotten calls from Screen Gems, uh, yeah. the head of Screen Gems, actually. Uh, we've gotten calls from uh, Sylvester Stallone. But um, my 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 agent Chip McGregor has a really good relationship with Sly Stallone. They talk a lot, and um, yeah. and also we suspect Lionsgate, um, but yeah. I don't know That's that one for sure. Um, yeah. But and a couple minor ones that um, not that I wouldn't take it, but I'd rather. It, I think in terms of movies and television, um, I would rather go big than or not go at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, um, I definitely do. Yeah. That but makes it's, the it's most hard sense. now to go big because we don't. They don't know what's going to happen. You know. So whoever right. everything shut down. Yeah. Everything is shut down, and people have gotten used to a small screen now. You know, because it is the big screen. Right. I, I still love. It. I miss going to movies. I mean, this is one of the things right. I right. love a movie. I love to see it on the big. Screen. I just like it. You know, I, right. I'm that kind right. of person. But you know, but right. people have gotten used to watching movies now on a smaller screen. You know, that's because right. That's right. Yep. you know, and there are big stars that yep. are doing them. You know. I think that's only going to expand as well. I, I yeah, think yeah, I would never put yeah. money. I would never put money into a, a movie uh, theater stock <laughs> at this yeah, point. Well, you know. right. Not I think right it's going to just stay Not that right way now. for. I think it's going to stay that way. Yeah, for, I think it's going to stay that way for a long time. Now you, like you mentioned, The Godfather. You know, see, so I say that's like one of my favorites. I, and now, The Godfather Three. Like I still, I, I happen to love The Godfather Three. I did. Very few people that I know oh, so the, the I like The Godfather. Yeah, right. I liked it. And so, and the thing about it is, is you know, now I read something that I think they made some changes to it. I don't know if it's coming out in another way. Usually on New Year's they usually have it playing on AMC all all of them together. Oh, I see. But I did not I did not know that. Yeah. I don't know. I I read that somewhere. I mean, I just I really love those. I, I you know, and I do love Goodfellows. I watch the same, you know, I like Casino. Right. Those are my favorites. I watch those constantly, you know, because I sometimes, you know, I sometimes I'd much prefer to watch movies I've seen before because I always seem to catch something else that I didn't right. catch before, you know. Right. And and Absolutely. certainly in those the characters, you know, are so I mean, they're so vivid and they're just great, you know. And I'm right. watching a yep. lot of Netflix and I watch a lot of it now, but I don't find right. that. I'm getting that from the stars that are out there. They're not and the scripts 
they're just kind of it's okay and if you saw it you go like oh fine if i didn't see it i would have been okay you know what i mean you're not, right. you're not missing anything right. you know and that's why you'll you'll probably like it if you watch your you know your honor because it's very good it's just detailed and it's it's just you want to watch it so i think that those are the things that they're trying to make now better you know right. i mean right. i see a lot of people so you you go back i don't know if you go to do you go to italy now or, i do know, i should i, I, I should be there right i should be there right now um in fact it, it, i was within like 24 hours and uh uh, my travel agent called, and she said, don't even bother. Um, they're going to stop you in Long Island at JFK. Really? Yeah. Even yeah, even yeah. with your ticket, they're, they're not even going to let you board, probably. Um, and if you do board and get to Italy, it's very likely they're going to turn you right around. So, uh, really? That's, that's, that's put on hold. I was supposed to go to the Middle East. That was put on hold. So, like, yeah. Mike, I suspect I won't be traveling overseas until April or May. Yeah. See, that's yeah, that's my guess. Yeah, I you know. You know, um, I write for a magazine. I'm a contributor for an Australian magazine, and so you know, they have little chit chats and you know, uh, together. And yeah. I mean, people. I mean, they're going. You know, they feel like America. They're just wishing us to get better. You know, but you can't really sure. go places now. You know, no. and uh, no. people are feeling so bad about what's happened to us here. You know. And, right. But you can't really go places, you know. Even if you want to get out, nope. you can't go, you know. I mean, so you, right, you, yeah. you can hop a flight to Florida or something like that. But yeah. like that, that I, for some reason, you know, like I like going to really weird, uncomfortable places, you know. And yeah. not that Italy is. Italy's very right. comfortable. But uh, but you know what I mean. Um, so yeah. I just, I'm just using the time I have here. Like I ski, I work out. I go out for yeah. a drink, maybe uh, I eat, and I work. You know, and that, that's that's yeah. about it. So, uh, and I'm just waiting out like everybody else. Yeah, like Fran, like Fran, I, Fran, you don't fly as much. Like I don't fly that much, but I, you know, I find myself saying like, well, after this is over, yeah, I'm gonna fly now. I'm going, I'm going anywhere. You know, because I think people, right. you know, they want to. I have a lot of friends that are going different places, but I'm not. You know, I just don't feel like right now it's worth it to go to any of those places. You know what? Because right, why? Because right. so I could sit outside and eat. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, it seems to me exactly. that you know, uh, it seems to me that it's. It is the people that seem to be getting it. A lot of them are eating at places or going places where you're not wearing a mask and eating. You are not wearing a mask. So if you go to right. a restaurant, even if you're outside, you're still eating. So this seems to be a transmission spot, you know, of how you're getting it, you right. know. Right. So, uh, like I know, Fr- Fran, are you here, Fran? Yeah. I'm Where, here. When you go, you Fran, go out. Fran's reading a book. I don't want Fran, Fran, you go out a lot to eat too, you know. And so you have your regular places. What's, hap- what's happening with them? I mean, what you know? You have your favorites. I don't go inside a restaurant ever. Um, there's one restaurant I that I go either. on Saturday. It's my diner. I call up and I go, "This is Fran. Would you please prepare my oatmeal grits um, <laughs> and bring it outside?" Yeah, seriously. And it's right. too cold no, to cook. eat outside. They're usually at 7 o'clock in the morning on Saturday. Now that my hair just is closed, I'm depressed. Um, uh, yeah. He, he, they bring. They have a table in the back. She sanitizes it with a whole bunch of stuff. She even sanitizes the chair, the floor, everything. And we're the only two people there, but it's been too cold. So I just call her up and I go, this is me. You know what you have to do. And they bring it out. And I pay them over the phone with a charge card. And then I eat in my car. But if I don't get my go. oatmeal grits, I get, like this Saturday, my hairdresser was closed, so I have to go get the laundry in the box. So I'm going to visit them and call them and tell me, please bring me my oatmeal grits. <laughs> I don't uh, go to restaurants ever. As a matter well, of fact, tomorrow. Right, cause um, you, yeah, you don't cook. I won't be, I've been ordering out a lot. Oh, uh, yeah, we order out a lot. But what's, you know. the, what's the point of a stove when you can call the diner tomorrow and say, do you have my pea soup? <laughs> And they say to me, we have you two and a half quarts. If, if I don't call to make the pea soup, they won't make it. They'll only uh, make Fran, it because I New call Yorker. on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's for people that know what to do. It's My mother taught me how to take out very well. Well, I know well. Right. Oh, yeah, so you look at we I, even when we were little, we went out to eat all the time, you know, and so and I'm right. not used to this, you know, 
all of this in the house. I mean, my son was little, and we stayed home. You know, I cooked for my husband. We cooked, but then now it's like I feel like in the kitchen. It's not like where I want to be. But you know, and right. then I think, oh, don't be spoiled because there are people that aren't even eating. And so then I go, oh, forget right. it, and then yeah. I start cooking. And that's how I look at it, you know, because I, I, cause I right. feel so badly about that. You know, I mean, yep. and everything is turned upside down. And I keep thinking, are people going to be writing? When I, I remember when this first happened, I said, do you think people will be writing about COVID? And now they are. I mean, even mm, Shameless, yeah. I don't know. I, I watch Shameless, you know, it's so intense. Right. But, you know, they all have, they, they were talking about COVID. I mean, so I think that right. we're, at the beginning of this, people thought, oh, they're not going to talk about it in books or in movies or in anything right. but it's such a part of people's lives now they are talking about right. it and it's they right. incorporated in the scripts because it's right. so it's there you can't like forget it didn't yeah. happen yeah i mean happens. i mentioned in my in, in american crimes and the new one I, I i do mention it you know like but it's you know it, it takes place after this is over you know right because it won't right. come out until 23 or whatever but um, but I do mention it, you know, like I can't, you know, I can't ignore it, you know, um, right, but it was fine. Like, right, remember, right. Yeah. remember when nine one one happened, like yeah. editors yeah. in New York were like, we don't want anything about nine one one. We don't want anything yeah. about it. Like yeah. we're not taking books like that or whatever. So it took a long time, you know, yeah. and now like they'll mention it in a book or whatever, or, you know, there's right. books about it, of course, and whatever. Yeah. But, and same thing. Right. I'm this. Right, and this is this is such you know this is in it's on people's minds, and you know, and this you know right. little kids. I mean, everybody will remember this, so it's kind of something you can't ignore anymore, in a book right. because otherwise it would mean like you were sleeping for a year, you know. I mean, but because it, it's so it, it's all over the place, you know. And I right. do think you know, so right, and it's shot, you know a lot of the the people that are on TV they're just putting in maybe one or two episodes of it, mentioning it, and then they're moving on because we hope that like right. you're saying by that time it'll be over you know right so i think and you also don't want you also don't want to you also don't want to date your material too much you know well that's the other thing see that's the problem but yeah. because this will be history now i it, to say right. something in the past yeah you can you know because it's going to be right. part of it you know but i've talked to like i remember i i know with my grandmother and all of these people that i've talked to that they never mentioned the pandemic. I don't know why. It wasn't like a thing that people talked about. That's why a lot of us were very shocked, you know, unless you really go back in history and read about right. it. It wasn't anything that was, you know, that people really discussed in their families from the, you know. When you mean the 1918 talking. pandemic? No, they didn't. Yeah, the old one. Yeah, the oh, okay. 1918. Yeah. You know, you didn't really, you know, because I know, like, my grandmother would have talked about, you know, they talked about right. the pogroms, things like that, the Holocaust, things right. like that, you know. Right. And I wrote a book about right. a survivor from the Holocaust. But it this, you know, didn't seem to be something that people were talking about. So it kind of was shocking right. to a lot of people, even though then you go, oh, yeah, I remember maybe reading about that in history or something. And But this will probably be much more because there's so much more on it. Right, you right. Know, you know, it's, it's funny. Speaking of Hemingway's um, In Our Time, there's a story in there um, and in which it's either in In Our Time or in um, – a farewell to arms where he's in the hospital and someone gets physically sick from the, um, from whatever um, anesthesia is being applied. Okay. And the the doctor, like the doctor uh, or whoever, like steps away from the mess. Um, But, and then Hemingway says, because the, the, the pandemic is from 1918 is still on everybody's minds. Oh wow, you know, that's interesting. Like, yeah, like because now, right, and now if we'll hear those lines, we'll know it. We'll think about it more. Right. Too. Right. Then we'll, so, like, it's funny, you know, like we're going through, and we're going through a similar thing now. Except that pandemic took a t- so many people. I think it took more people than World War One. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, and then when you really think about it, though, the communication skills that we have now are oh, so God. much better than so which is why you know right. it's so unfortunate that it got out of control because in those right. years you know like look at i mean you can just say something on the internet or on cnn or whatever and everybody gets that message but not those that's years right. you know it, it took forever so i you know and that's really what happened so i you must be a person that likes old movies do you seems I like love, you do you i love i, I love the too. old I black know. and white 
I know. Love I the just, old gangster what? movies. Love them. I know. The old action adventure you know movies. I know. Oh, I've I love been, it. I've been taping them, a lot of them. You know, I like, you know, I like some of them, you know, Christmas in Connecticut. I've got, oh, this is one of my favorites. My husband's like laughing. I go, oh, this is one of my favorites. Uh, uh, Cary Grant in Discreet. I'm watching all these movies because the way they wrote their movies, it's, it's just looks like it's so easy, but these characters, there there really is depth to them. You know, so much depth, you know, uh, what are some of your favorites? Oh my gosh! Um, I love going way back. I love like all like like uh, like um, um, uh, like a lot of the Cary Grant movies. I love, but like the ones uh, like the action more the, the action adventure ones like uh, Angels, Angels Don't Have Wings or whatever that one is. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I, I've watched that a million times. Uh, um, there's a great old movie that I, that was hidden for the longest time. Um, with Charlton Heston um, called Secret of the Incas. It was made in 1954, and it's about an adventurer who's down near Machu Picchu, and uh, he's trying to get... He was a flyer, but, like, his plane crashed or something like that, and he's trying to work the money up to get back home or whatever. So he ends up smuggling this woman uh, over Machu Picchu, and in the meantime, they're all going after the sacred relic that's that's inside Machu Picchu that these archaeologists are digging up. And um, it it is clearly, clearly the, 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 the genesis of the Indiana Jones character, clearly. And, yeah. I mean, See, Charlie right, has right. got the leather jacket. Right, because a lot of times jacket, then you'll a, go, right, exactly. Because then when you're watching them, you go like, oh, yeah, that's this one or that's that one. You know, and right. I think... You know, some of the Cary Grant movies, when you watch them, you go, oh, yeah, this is what happened, and this is that movie, and this is where they got that character, because they really right. are good characters, you know, and some right. of these actresses and actors, they worked great together. You know, I'm a big Joan right. Crawford fan, because she's I just love watching her. I like all the Bogart movies, you know, yeah, like... Uh, yeah. uh, um, all those things. I mean, yeah. I, I sometimes I'm like, you know, like what happened? I was I was laid up with a, a foot surgery at one point, and I just started watching one black and white after the other. You know, um, yeah. All the all those old noir movies and like, yeah. Uh, just, some amazing. of them are just so great. Uh, you know, just and they still stand the, the you know that um, they still stand, still stand the right. You know, it, it's true. It doesn't matter what year because when you're it's like if it's a love story, if it's an adventure story, it may may not have the same you know things they do with adventure stories now, but it has the same feeling. You know, Fran, do you watch right. any of those the old old films? I just love watching Forensic Files and the programs that have old murders that were never solved. Right, yeah. and, that's cool too. Yeah. Yeah, that is. Yeah, I like you know. I like those those also. And last night I was watching one that a murder that happened. The girl that was killed in 2014, and in 2020 they still don't know who killed her. They still have no idea. Right. Right. So yeah. It was interesting. Yeah, those those are, because I'm trying to get you know ideas for how to you know how people get killed off and how they get away with it and how to make a right. character really scary. Yeah, and people I'm, did get away right. with it. They do get away with yeah, it. Yeah, they I still mean, did. You know, they did get they away do. with it. Most most murders go unsolved. It's, it's, yeah. it's yeah. scary yeah. how many yeah. murders go yeah. unsolved. It's pretty easy to or do. Or the it. wrong person is the wrong, wrong person. Or the wrong person is, is well, sure, all the time. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that was a, when I was re- listening to your, I was thinking of, you know, Orange is Black, and I was thinking about all the people in Orange and Black, or, or the new, or, the Orange is Black, whatever, that all in most of black, those people yeah. shouldn't be in jail for what they did. Right. And right. it's like it's that was the one thing about watching that was because you they did really some things that are so small if they would have had a good lawyer they would have got out of it you know like right. You, right. you know I mean and you know so when you see that you know when you're using your you know characters you have in depth with it you you just like when I'm listening to the one I'm going to listen to more of them naturally but when you're writing. You have these characters so down pat that you feel like, because you're, you're, when you're doing it in first person, you feel like it's you talking, you know, when you're listening. Exactly. That's how I, you know, that's to me, and I'm thinking right. like, oh, you, you know, I'm mean, like, well, maybe he was in jail, or maybe he was it, you know, right. you get yep. because you know, you the way you describe things and you 
are into that character as if it's you. That's that's what I try to convey. Absolutely. And well, you did, you do, you definitely do. But I think a lot of writers can't do that because they just it's not real. So I think that they're busy trying to be somebody else. But you're just you have a character and you're right in that character. It's almost like you're acting the the part. Is how when I think yeah. when I'm reading your work, it's like you're acting it. You know, it's like in some. Well, I, I always, were you I, tired? Yeah, I mean. I, I always just tell myself, like, you know, like, what, what, how would this person feel? What are the emotions? What are the, what, what yeah. are the actions they would take? What, you know, and it comes down to, like, that's why I never get writer's block, because it just comes down to, like, a logical progression of movements, actions, reactions, emotions, yeah. that kind of thing. In fact, my mother was reading um, the girl who wasn't there, and she's like, I got to say, I, I had to put it down. I couldn't, I couldn't continue with it, because... She said it was, was making me her. so nervous. Yeah. It was giving her such agita um, that she's yeah. like, it's, I can't, you know, it was too real yeah. for her. And well, she's like, right. all I could see was you and her granddaughter and all this sort of stuff. And right. she's like, I couldn't do it. And I was like, oh, right. good. I, I did my job then. You know. <laughs> well, I think it, I think that's true, though. I think because when you were reading that, you know, listening to the book, you know, as I was, you feel like because you're a parent who will do anything. Absolutely. To for their child, so I can Absolutely. see why your mother your mother would be a little you know because it, you're yeah. I mean that's you know that's you're her child so you know right. that would be tough probably for her to right. you know because you do write right. very real you know thank and, you I mean but, but I mean but just think about even like in this was I had to get this in there it was like okay your child's abducted it's only been a few few hours five or six hours. You feel so helpless. It's getting dark, and and it's like dinner time, and yeah. you're like I'm not going to eat, yeah. not knowing you're like how can I eat? How can I sleep? How can I like? And it's dark. Like, but then you your strength, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and but then but be, then somebody's telling you you'll have no strength, and then you won't be able to do this, and then you'll really right. give yourself away because you won't be in the best of moods. Not that you would be in a good mood. How could you be when this is all happening? Right, right. You know, first and, of all, you're at a place right. where you shouldn't have been because you're not supposed to be anywhere. You know, when you have a parole officer, right. you have to be. You know, you have to be where you're supposed to be. So those are the things right. that are. You know, I found really interesting, and you know. So, like, when you do these things, I think people, when they're writing, they, if you don't get into the characters you're writing, it could be difficult. What, what would you want to tell people? How do they, they, what they should do? Because you really have to feel it. If you don't feel it, your reader is not going to feel anything. Yeah, I think um, it, it all comes down to, like, well, certainly in terms of atmosphere, um, you know, if you're going to write about Egypt, go to Egypt. You know, yeah. um, just for instance, but if you're going to write about prisons and, and prisons are in your book, go to a prison. You know, if you're going to, yeah. if you're going to, um, you know, the more you can experience what's in your book, of course, naturally, that's, that's going to be a big yeah. part of it. Um, yeah. You know, have I ever killed a guy in a shower or anything like that? No. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like an Aryan guy, and right. a, you know, uh, you know, but, but, but it, but again, like if you if it, I think like if you're in touch with 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 what logically happened, what are the emotions? What are the feet? What are the, what are the yeah. feelings? With um, you can pull it off, you know, and you can pull yeah. it off convincingly. And and if you get the details right, um, you can you know I think you can not only make the story <laughs> ring true, but it, it'll almost be like you experience you the reader experience. Yes, because, right, and then you feel like you're understanding. Like, Fran, you know, we talked about the first person. So when you're reading a book, does that Mm -hmm. make, how does that, how do you feel when you're, when you're reading it and you know the author and you, you feel like they've gotten to the place where they need to go when you're reviewing it? It, it, Well, if I'm reviewing something, I pray to God that I could get to the place where they need to go. Um, if if the truth of the matter is, if it takes me, if it's 400 pages or less, and it takes me more than two hours to read the book, you're in trouble. It means that you, you didn't do it to, seriously. That's right. It, it, and, and it means I'm not going to get eye strained, seriously, too. It also yeah. depends on, like, what Vincent, you, your settings are different everywhere. I never know right. what, what you're going to do or where you're going to put anywhere. So, I right. mean, the girl who wasn't there took place on the beach, 
and poor Chloe was kidnapped when her parents were having some fun. That, that yeah. was really right. good. Um, yeah. Paradox Lake, um, I love Anna. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. I love Anna. And I love her relationship since she tells her mother off. That's so cool because I could never do that right. until I, I would do it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I, right. and I, I'm not going to tell you if I figured out who it is, but why why did you decide to do something with a fairy tale? Why did you decide that? I mean, that that is like, like holy God. I'm not reading because that book anymore. You, that used to you scare me. Use it. Oh, I know. Well, you use it as a device. To, um, um, I did I did my thesis in MFA school on like imagery and um, re- recurring mm-hmm. imagery, things like that. And it's kind of like um, an old device that people, you know, it's almost like the chorus chimes in. And, like, so, like, in this case, Little Red Riding Hood, you know, and they are a mother and a a daughter in the the woods. They go up there for some peace and quiet for a semester and to make some art and and, uh, get some alone time together. And, but what's, what's lurking around the woods? The big, the big bad wolf. Yeah. 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 Scary. scary. I know. Well, yeah, it it does seem, you know, even without reading the book or, you know, that situation can never be good. It doesn't sound, you know. No. You know, because I I think, you know, there was one time I had an author that was a horror writer on, and I think, Fran, you know this, I'm not going to say it, but it was so interesting because he was writing in a cabin in a dark place, in a far Uh off, you know, he was just, and he was on the phone, you know, we were on the show, and so all I kept thinking about is what he was doing in this dark, in in this, you know, <laughs> it's scary just talking to him because he's sitting in his car doing an interview in in some, you know, wooded area, and I'm thinking, I don't want to be there either. I don't want to be talking, you know, because you could feel it because, you know, once you see someone in a setting and you just go, oh, this is not good. You know, cannot. What, right. You know, I mean, and so I think people. Yeah, you know, something bad's gonna yeah, happen. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. And that's the fun of a good story. You know, something right. as bad is gonna happen, but you don't know exactly what. But that's what keeps right. you interested. You know, because exactly. if you give everything away, like a lot of times, you know, uh, people go like, "Oh, you know, we need you to tell." You know, the story has to be you jump off the page in one. You know, in one page, you right. know, of a screenplay right. or in a book, you cannot do right. that all the time because you you can't expect no. to tell the whole thing in five minutes. Otherwise, who wants no. to read the book or watch the movie? And when the readers right. or the screenwriter, when you're co- to a production company, they want oh, it right. has to go. It just right away has to hit them. But that's not true. Right. You need a right. beginning, middle, and end. You just work right. your way there. You know, right. so how do you, yeah. I mean, Frank, when when people ask you that, when you start your book, let's say, do you go like, oh, this is a good scene, or are you going to change it a few times at the beginning while you're um, writing it? Yeah, I mean, the, um, I, I'm always thinking in terms of the first scene. The first scene is usually something that just popped into my head when I'm doing anything ordinary. Um, right. And I, you know, um for instance, uh, the one I'm working on now, American Crimes, like I just pictured this average <clears throat> middle-aged man who's going soft in the middle. He's a mailman, and um, he drives a beautiful minivan, you know, and he's at the Lowe's picking up hydrochloric acid, gas masks, rubber gloves. Oh, this is not good. A 50-gallon <laughs> drum. Right. And, and mm. it, it starts out, he's like, what's wrong with this picture? You know, <laughs> exactly. and what he's doing is he's – you, it just kind of gives you a detail of what the stuff he's buying, but he's buying all this stuff to disintegrate these two um, Mexican cartel gangsters that his wife yeah. accidentally killed. But in, in yeah. when she act, yeah. in in the process of accidentally killing them, she finds like a whole bunch of drugs and a whole bunch of money, and she's like, you know what? We've been we've been struggling all our lives. We're taking that money. You know, and, yeah. and like that's, it, that's how it <laughs> yeah. starts. Where these yeah. are totally ordinary, your neighbors, people, yeah, mm-hmm. get involved in this drug cartel war. You know, so yeah, it could happen. You know, because the truth it, is, yeah. nobody knows what their point is. You know, when you don't right. really know what you might do or what you might not do, because sometimes you say, "I'll never do this," but then you might have to do it, and then you do. You it. might have, right? Yeah, right. And, and, you don't and, know, and, and, well, and yeah. 
and I'm, I'm just fascinated. Fran, I'll tell you this. I'm just fascinated with placing relatively ordinary people in these extraordinary circumstances and flipping mm-hmm. the story over on its head and um, and seeing well, that, what that's really, happens. That's why, it's, that's why it's good because that's true because anything could happen. If you're an ordinary person, doesn't mean that something extraordinary couldn't happen to you. You know, it, it's right. just how life goes, you know, and you don't know if you're going to be in a situation and what you would do. You know, you go like, oh, I'll right. never use a gun or I'll never do this or that, but if push comes to shove, you might have to, you know, and you don't know that. So that's why, you know, that's, that's probably a good way to look at it when you're starting with, because I think in, they, they used to say, I know books years ago, they used to be writing books and everything, put somebody in a place that you don't, they don't feel comfortable in, and you have a story. Right. Because they need to, they need to change, you know, they can't, or, you know, something has to change in them and everybody At one point, that's why when when you see when that's why you please email you watch your honor because that is what happens. You know, it's it's a situation right. that this guy never thought he'd be in, but he, okay, he was yes. in. You know, and Excellent. so I think I that that's what makes it interesting. I think in life is that we don't know. You know, Fran, you write a lot of in death, so I think that this is uh, oh. Fran starts out from the death. So don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. But, you know, I think that everybody has a style. So, you know, uh, I mean, that's what write, good writing is. You make your own style. Right. You know? I agree. So for, I agree. I, you know, so what, would you tell new, what would you tell new writers that listen to this show? Because they, they just sometimes they don't listen to people. They just think they can just do it. But it does take a lot of work, and it you can't expect the first right. novel to come out of the, just perfect. Everything's going to be perfect, and you're going to write. Everybody's going to read it, and you're going to you know make a million dollars. And so, what what's your right. advice to people out there that want to write a book and might do a very good job. Right. Uh, oh, well, you know, um, I think they should have read as much as possible all this, but the mm-hmm. stuff in their genre, like, it, does, you know, you don't have to read Dostoevsky if you want to write a mystery, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But, but, like, you should be reading a lot of uh, Robert Parker and Jim Crumley mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah. Um, but it, it, you got to, it's, it's, it's butt in the chair time. You know, like, yeah. the more... Yeah. I think it was Dean Wesley Smith who said something like, he's like, you're not really hitting your stride until you've written 20 books. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. You know. Um, I think, I, I think, I feel it, I think it is way. true. I think because when you look back, you go like, oh, this is all right, but it was really not all right, you know. And so I right. think, you know, writer, a lot of writers tend to be tough on themselves. I'm one of them, you know. And I, I have right. trying not to be as tough because sometimes you have to just say, okay, just do this. You know, and just sit right, there and write right. it, and just stop thinking about your audience. You know, th- stop thinking about if it's going to be, a, you know, people are going to like it or if they're not going to like it. Just write right. a good story, you know, and sure. hopefully they will and, like it. And also for newbies, I mean, I think it's when you're young. You know, when I got my first contract at 31 or 32, whatever, um, for uh, the Innocent, the original copy of the Innocent at Delacorte. Um, you know, it, first of all, when you're writing when you're that young, you know, like you, you're trying so hard, you try almost too hard and yeah. you're so, you, you will, you will take any advice and all advice from your editors and you think their word is golden. And, and now I'm like at my stage now, yeah. I'm like that you're wrong. That is so wrong. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I, I'm not taking that advice. I don't overwork right. my manuscripts anymore at all. Yeah. Um, and there's even been publishers I've been, you know, I'm not going to mention them, but there's even been publishers I've been like, you're done. I'm out. I, I don't want to have anything more to do with you because your copy editing stinks or, or whatever it might be, you know. Um, that's so ridiculous. So, I mean, so that's the other thing. You know, like, okay, when someone is telling a good story, don't keep telling them they're not a good editor. They didn't do this right. They didn't do that right. They didn't, right. you know, just look at the story for what it is. Don't look right. at it for all this other. If the story is good, right. you'll just get someone to edit it. What's the big deal? Right. You know, it's not for an right. editor to go through a book. It's not a big deal. But for an author to go through a book, right. it's a lot of times it's intimidating. And, and right. you know, and that ruins the style. Right, right. There was a Canadian author, I forget his name now, but he was Hemingway's era. 
and they used to box sometimes or whatever. And Hemingway said to him, he's like, look at, if it's a good, if it's a bad story, um, try to fix it. But if it's yeah. a good story, if it's a good story, let it go. Don't try to change it. Don't try to change anything because people, people want to be taken away. They want to, they want a good story, right. you know, yeah. above everything else, you know, like, and, and uh, I had one book recently by another publisher, a big publisher, um, and I, I felt like the uh, the developmental editor actually ruined it. I mean, actually ruined it. That, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, because she that. got she she put herself in such a corner, and she wanted to defend her choices. And it was yeah. just like we were, it was like almost like cutting and pasting. And I'm like, this is, I can't wait to get the rights back to it and right, put it back to the right, way it was it supposed to be. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Right. See, that's the other thing, you know, and I try to explain that to people a lot of times on the show, you know, because, you know, an editor, you know, unfortunately, some editors do not have an imagination. They just know how to edit, no. but they don't have the imagination that a writer does. They really don't. If right. Otherwise, they'd be writers. Right. You know, they don't. That's and right. so I think, Absolutely you know, right. and I think that's a really good thing for you to tell people because I think that's really the truth. You know, if if right. the company is worried about the copy editing and all of this, Fran, you know this. We've talked about this over and over again. Right. It's a good story. You know, it's like, I, I mean, my show actually is called A Good Story is a Good Story because my agent years ago, who is no longer, he's a man who's my manager when I was doing screenplays, you know, he would say, just write a good story. I mean, because right. that's really what the author has to do. An author shouldn't right. worry about commas. I'm so, I hate to say this, but, you know, and then no. I've had editors on. I have just had the same editor, which uh, for years I have because he knows my style, you know. But I've had editors on the show, and sometimes they think that they are so fabulous that they cannot make a mistake, and everything they say is right. right. And that is right. wrong. This is no, not a good thing, yeah, I, you know. And and then I, I saw somebody that was on my show, and I saw somebody. She wrote something out saying that you know somebody said I was mean, and I'm going like, well, <laughs> I, I get it, I get it, you know, because I think that that's what people feel sometimes. And your editor should be someone that likes the way you write and tries to fix that's it, right. not ruin it. Right. You right. know, that's Absolutely. What I mean. Anyway. Yep. Uh, yep. Okay, Fran. Okay. Well, so, Marianne, what were I'm you going to say? No, I think Vincent was saying something that I. Oh, I was, I was saying that's a great way to uh, close your show. Yes. Yeah. It definitely is. Right. So every editor out there, they'll never want to come on my show again. <laughs> but, oh, no, yes, but the will. truth is, no, you really have to. You have to care about the author because they are telling you the story. So anyway, we this has been a great. It, I hope you'll come on again, Vincent. It's really been I would great. love to. Thank you for having me. Oh, that's me. great. Yeah, it's great. And Fran, as you know, it's fun to do a show with you. And um, yeah, you have a show, Fran. Don't you have a show tomorrow? I have one on Thursday uh, with the author of Saving Grace, and I have quite a few all the way to the end of May. I have Vincent Dandrea. Aren't you off for a few? Aren't you off? Aren't you off for a few weeks? They're not letting me go off except until July. No, actually, um, I'm very honored that on December 21st, Jeffrey Deaver, John Lesqua, Heather Graham, and Alan Jacobson are going to be on my show to talk about Nothing Good Happens After Midnight, the anthology. <laughs> and I, I was like, I was shocked. I was like, Holy God, me! And then um, <laughs> I got an email from somebody. Um, Clyde Gussler, Clyde Gussler wrote um, a book with Boyd uh, Morrison, Marauder, and he's going to be on December 28th. And I am like so. And on top of that, I I was like shocked. Iris Johansson is going to do my show on February 4th, and Douglas Preston and Lincoln Child on February 24th. Excellent. And I think I'm on your show. Yeah. I think I am on one of your shows. I'm on you a show December next week. Six, right. December yes. 16th, you're going to be on with a lot of interesting people. And, Vincent, you're on my show January 5th with um, Charles Salzberg, Dick Belsky, and John Land, and we're going to talk about 2021 and whatever comes to my mind, changes in the publishing industry and every whatever else. I will Let's send just everybody. Go, yay. Let's just go 2021. Yay. 
Let's can't, just go. Can't wait. Let's talk about writing uh, style on this 16th. It's gonna, I'll probably lose my mind because there's going to be five people, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. I have the I have the It'll questions mapped out about who's going to answer what. But when it comes to you know Vince and John, Dick and Charles, I'll just sit back and listen. It'll be fine. Right. Yeah. And then at the end of the show, I'm going to play a very special tape. Um, oh, okay. That's, yeah, my, my niece's song is coming out on yeah. January 1st, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to play the tape of her song, and hopefully people will download it and everything. I'm very proud of her. So hopefully awesome. it will work out, and, yeah, her crazy aunt developed sweatshirts and everything. So we'll see. But awesome. this has been fun. Yeah, yes, that would has. be very Thanks for having fun. me. All right, and, and so, I, all right, Vincent, tell everybody what your agenda might be for the next little while. Your new book's coming out. Yes, like I said, um, uh, the girl wasn't the girl wasn't there. Still is is out for everybody. Um, let's see. I have a new Chase Baker coming out at the end of, de- of December. Uh, Chase Baker and the Lost Ark of God. That's my action and adventure series. Um, like I mentioned before, all the thick Moonlight PI thrillers are being reissued, starting one per month in January mm, by Down and Out Books. That's great. Um, I, I can't wait for you guys to see the covers and stuff. It's just beautiful. Um, and I have the, the next big book is um, uh, Paradox Lake, which comes out in all formats from Ocean View in um, May. And um, that's like, it's just going to be craziness for the next six to seven that's months. Great. Well, that's good. It's good. And hopefully in six months we'll all be feeling better about what's going on. And uh, I hope everybody... So. Right. Yeah, and everybody wear masks, and uh, hopefully the vaccines will be out, and then everybody will be feeling better. So then we will have a yes. new world. <laughs> and that's yes, we what will. Actually, what it will be like is a new world. Who would have thought we could all be in so many time, days? I, never. Oh, my God. Nobody could have thought. Oh, my gosh. All right, so everybody, no. thank you so much. and um, Thank you. Thanks, thanks for coming Marcia. on. Thank, thank you, you Fran. Right, thanks. Okay, bye, Fran. All right. Bye, everybody. Don't forget to, bye don't bye. Forget to send me the book. <laughs> All right, and don't forget to yes, yes, I will. All right, goodbye. Okay, bye bye.